Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Are you ready? Are you ready for the Smackdown Review podcast? Just my name is Phil Chambers and I am not joined by Gareth Morgan because he's had a bloody day off and left me on my own. So this podcast will probably be much shorter than usual and probably a lot less banter filled. But I couldn't let the Smackdown after WrestleMania go untalked about, undiscussed on this podcast. So I may as well just get into it on my own, eh? Why the hell not? Um, but yeah, before I do get into it, why don't you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast from, because we do daily wrestling podcasts. We do wrestling podcasts about Raw, wrestling podcasts about SmackDown, wrestling podcasts about AEW, wrestling podcasts about NXT, wrestling podcasts that are interviews, wrestling podcasts that are roundtable discussions, and wrestling podcasts that are roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. But yeah, this is the SmackDown after WrestleMania. We've got Pat McAfee on commentary. It's all change on the blue brand, sort of. Um, and I may as well start by talking about Pat McAfee. I thought he did a pretty good job on commentary, uh, all things considered. It's, I cannot imagine how hard that job is. Um, but yeah, he was kind of playing the heel for the most part throughout the show. Um, he was winding up Michael Cole as much as humanly possible. But he was also very excited by, let's say, and very into the action. He really sold the wrestlers. He really put them all over quite well. I think he's going to be an interesting addition to the commentary table. It's going to take him a little while to settle down into the role. Of course it is. It's hard, let's say, but he has got Michael Cole by his side, so hopefully he'll be able to guide him through it a bit. Uh, but I'm optimistic about him on commentary. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't hate it, which is more than I can say for usual WWE commentary. Uh, but the first person out, of course, it, of course it was, it was Roman Reigns, and he opened it up by just sort of fussing Heyman to talk about who Edge and Daniel Bryan are, putting them over as, like, former world champions, former Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers, and then ending it with just saying, well, yeah, I stacked them and pinned them, and it was basically a handicap match, because these two future Hall of Famers going up against Roman Reigns, and he beat them both, and then he quite often repeated his little new catchphrase of smash em, stack em, pin em, which sounds like kind of some new rock'em, zock'em, robots kind of toy. Uh, but whatever, that's where we're going with this. He also went on speaking about how nobody wants to face him um, and they'll probably never ever put him in another triple threat again because of what he did, pinning two future Hall of, two Hall of Famers in one night. Nobody is on Roman Reigns' level. So that's it. He's kind of fulfilled his SmackDown obligation. He's opened SmackDown. He's done it. Paul Heyman, go start the jet. But at that moment, out comes Cesaro, of all people. And it looks like the big summer push that they give always give to a wrestler after WrestleMania is going to be going to Cesaro. And that is just absolutely bloody brilliant. He walked out. He stared down Roman Reigns. He stared at the belt. 
And then as he kind of walked to his side to go and get a microphone, at that exact moment, as soon as he was out of his base, Roman Reigns just walked straight off out of the ring with a sort of look of complete and utter disbelief on his face. Um, and yeah, walked off and Cesaro kind of chucked the mic down and left it at that. Uh, on commentary, they were really putting over Cesaro um, about how good he was at WrestleMania and things like that. And uh, yeah, I'm all for this. If this is where they're going with this, Roman Reigns versus Cesaro is going to be absolutely incredible. No way Cesaro wins it, which is a shame, but at least they're putting Cesaro in the main event level, which is goddamn where he belongs. Uh, much more of this as we go through the episode as well, because straight away backstage, we were there with Cesaro and Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. And Cesaro walks up to them and says, like, oh, did you see what that son of a bitch did? You know, he's serious because he said bitch. Uh, he said that he doesn't have to, like, Roman doesn't have to put the title on the line, but he wants a match and he wants it tonight. And then before Adam Pearce could re uh, respond, Sonya Deville, kind of, Sonya Deville kind of interrupted him and said, yeah, I'll speak to Roman and we'll see what I can do. Uh, so there you go, you've set up your story arc for the rest of the night and we'll get to each segment as we get to them. Um, the other thing that happened tonight, for some reason, they were really, really putting over a spot that Cesaro did at WrestleMania to the point where it's almost making a joke out of it or at least a mockery of it but whilst trying to be sincere putting it over it, it was absolutely ridiculous they called it the single most impressive moment in wrestlemania history and then they showed the footage of him doing the ufo spin on seth rollins with no hands and michael cole said it was ufo because it stands for unidentified flying opponent which Wrong on so many levels. It's not unidentified. It's Seth Rollins. You can see him. You can see his face as he's spinning around. He's not flying. He's kind of just spinning and then falling. I guess he is an opponent, so one out of three ain't bad, eh, Michael Cole? Um, but yeah, that was weird. And we'll get to this as we go along. Because uh, next up, it was the first match of the night, and it was Otis versus Mysterio. And what a lovely little surprise this is. I'd be up for them doing a proper feud, to be honest, and having an actual proper pay-per-view match because they're just kind of really fun together. We also got a weird tale of the tape at the beginning of this match, which I'm not sure is going to be a thing going forwards on SmackDown. I didn't see it for the rest of the show or whether they just used it because Otis is kind of fat and Ray is really small. I mean, that is pretty much the logic I can see Vince McMahon using in this. So I don't know. Fine. I'm, I'm up for it if they keep it and as a thing. If it's just a weird one-off, don't quite get it. Uh, but yeah, Otis was using his power, um, Ray was using his speed, and that was basically the story. It wasn't a long match, but it was short, it was sweet. Um, uh, Otis kind of did his big press slams on Ray, and Ray fought back. And then there was loads of like catches in midair as uh, Ray was diving at Otis. And then eventually Otis kind of misses the splash, and then Ray Mysterio goes for the 619, he hits it. And then he goes for the dive to follow it up, jumps at him, Otis sort of catches him behind his back, but then Ray kind of reverses that into a crucifix pin and gets the one, two, three over Otis. Really nice little finish. Otis looks strong in the match. Ray looks strong. Uh, yeah, and they just work really, really well together. I'd be up for seeing more of this because it was just really good fun. Ray celebrated with Dominic at the end of it, um, doing the little symbol for like, oh yeah, we're going to get the belts, even though none of the people in the ring had the belts. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was good fun. Good way to start SmackDown. All for it. More of this, please. So next up, we had backstage segment with Kayla Braxton with Paul Heyman, and she was asking him, will Roman Reigns accept Cesaro's challenge tonight? 
and Heyman cut a great promo just talking about how he puts how the like WWE universe is there and we put smiles on the faces of Neanderthals like Cesaro uh, he spoke about how do you have any idea of the sort of star power of Roman Reigns uh, and then he had a great line about how it wasn't a rain delay at Wrestlemania it was tears of the angels about the beating that Roman was going to give Edge and Daniel Bryan and then when they back, went backstage there was puddles on the floor too but it wasn't the tears of the angels this time it was the tears of the locker room that Seth had to lower himself to face a knuckle dragging butt toothed slack jawed guy like Cesaro um, I mean They've put over the fact that this guy speaks five different languages for so bloody long now. I'm not entirely sure why they're trying to make him sound like an idiot. Um, but yeah, Heyman called him a billion dollar body with a 10 cent brain. Saying that he's physically capable of being a great opponent, but he's not an attraction. He is a joke. So let's put an end to this joke and Cesaro will get what he wants. But in the main, in the main event, he will be in the main event of SmackDown, but he'll be going up against main event. Uso, not Roman Reigns, the classic Heyman switcheroo. Um, but yeah, this was a good promo from Heyman. You knew you weren't going to give away Roman Reigns versus Cesaro on, uh, on SmackDown. So uh, poor Jey Uso gets thrown in there and has to do his dirty work yet again. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. Carrying on the show, don't understand the Cesaro being a dummy things that they were trying to get across here. Um, yeah, like like I said, he speaks five different languages and they've been pushing that as pretty much his only personality trait for years now. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see where they go with it. Because straight after this, they were putting over Cesaro again because they showed the UFO spin again. Ah, uh, yeah, this went on quite a lot. But next up, Sami Zayn was in the ring and he was talking about how like they showed a bunch of headlines from the Logan Paul match and things and he was like oh you show all these headlines except the most accurate one Sami Zayn screwed once again and he was going on about how Logan Paul was supposed to be out there to help him but his mind was poisoned by Kevin Owens and the WWE Universe and Michael Cole and WWE Corporate and everyone who's against Sami Zayn uh, and so how could Sami Zayn get his head into the match at WrestleMania? He was just there thinking, oh, like, is Logan Paul okay? What's Logan Paul thinking? He was distracted by it. And we all know that wrestlers get distracted really easily. So poor Sami Zayn. I feel for you on this one. But anyway, he was calling out Owens because tonight there's nothing to distract him. There's no Logan Paul. There's no toxic fans in the building. So it'll just be one-on-one -on -one Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. And of course, out comes Kevin Owens. And then we're getting the rematch of WrestleMania. And they love a bloody rematch uh, from WrestleMania in WWE. I think they do this every single goddamn year. And also, if you're going to put Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn on SmackDown, why the hell don't you just advertise it beforehand? It makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand it. Um, it's right there. <laughs> like, people would tune in to watch that. I don't know. It's really stupid. But anyway... Um, the match itself was, of course, really good fun. They'd know each other so well. There's loads of reversals. Um, there was one bit where Sami Zayn hit a sunset flip powerbomb from the top rope. And Pat McAfee was, like, screaming, saying it was the coolest thing he's ever seen. I guess WWE just have a really, really low bar for spots these days with the UFO spin at Mania. And this basically being the greatest things in wrestling ever. Um, but hey, he's excited and he's into it and I like that. Um, but yeah, Owens goes for the swanton and then Sammy kicks out 
And then Sammy rolls out of the ring and he's trying to crawl up the ramp and Kevin Owens gets him back in. He goes for a pop-up powerbomb, but that's reversed. And then KO manages to hit his shoulder breaker. And then he goes for a stunner, but Sammy manages to roll out again. And this has happened a few times. And then he tries to walk off up the ramp and he does get counted out on purpose, Sammy Zayn does. And Kevin Owens drags him back into the ring, hits him with a stunner, and that's that. I don't know if they're continuing this feud. I don't know particularly why they had this match. I don't know why Sammy wanted this match and then went for the count out. I don't know how he can spin that as being screwed. I don't know where they're going with this, basically, is what I'm trying to get. Um, I enjoyed it as a match. I just want to see what happens now. Like, obviously, with WrestleMania, this was kind of thrown in at the last minute, and they only really had sort of three weeks to attempt to build out of this. And there's a lot more that Sammy and Owens can do together. I mean, obviously there is. These guys have so much history, and they've barely scratched the surface in this feud. So I want to see more from these two in terms of storyline, if this is actually continuing um, and hopefully WWE give them the time to actually get that out there. Um, but next up, uh, we had Apollo Crews and he was backstage uh, and he was saying all of Nigeria can't stop celebrating and then he was really putting over the Nigerian nail that his new friend Commander Aziz did at WrestleMania and he's like, oh, you dare to come for the title, you'll be annihilated by the Nigerian nail, which is the finishing move that he did. This little punch in the chest. Um, basically what Umaga used to do. Uh, and yeah, still no mention that this is Davicato. No mention that we've seen this guy many, many times before. He's WWE, like, oh, you just forget all of that history. This guy is a brand new person, honest. Huge insult to fans' intelligence. I don't know why. They've done this so many times where they just assume people will forget about something that came before. And I get it, it's a new character, it's a complete change. Like maybe probably shouldn't be talking about what he was in the past. But it just it's just such a huge insult to everyone's intelligence. We don't forget these things. We're all massive nerds. Of course we don't forget these things. And these things, yeah, it just shows a lack of respect for the audience on WWE's part. And that, I think that's what annoys me the most out of this. Like, just anything, a tiny little story beat to say how he's joined Apollo Crews' side because he believes in what he's fighting for or whatever. I don't really care what the story beat is. Just something that gets around the fact that we've seen this guy in three different um, gimmicks now. We saw him in many matches within Raw Underground, although I guess they just kind of hope we've completely forgotten about Raw Underground in total. It's just an insult. And yeah, I wish they'd do more with, with just these stories in general. Hopefully, I like this though with Apollo Crews having a little kind of stable. Um, it's someone for, like Jey Uso for Roman Reigns, someone that someone has to fight through to get to Apollo Crews to get to the title, which is an easy way of extending feuds and you don't need to overexpose someone on TV, you've got a few different options for matches and I really like that and I kind of honestly hope he adds a, maybe a couple more people to it and um, Commander Aziz gets in a tag team or something and we get like a little Nigerian stable, I'd be fine with that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it in general, it's just the sort of history of Dabakato, Commander Aziz that yeah, it's just like I say, a little bit insulting. But anyway, the Street Profits come out next and 
uh, they basically had a quick promo about how, they, how they're how they going to win the tag team titles later on because there's a tag team title match coming up after this. But first off, they're here to celebrate Bianca Belair's victory. They show a really good little recap vid from um, WrestleMania and it's got uh, clips of Bianca winning in the match and the aftermath and uh, a bunch of headlines from different news sources about what a big deal this was. And just how bloody fantastic that match was. I absolutely adore that match. I think it's one of my favourite WrestleMania matches of all time. Um, but yeah, and then Bianca Belair comes out and she cuts promo. And she's just so bloody likeable. Like, you're just warm to her instantly. Um, she talks about how she's so blessed and that she never stopped believing that it was possible. That her parents helped her believe that if you work hard, like, you can change the game. And if you I would have asked her a year ago that... Um, if she would be main eventing WrestleMania and winning the SmackDown Women's Championship, she would have, well, she would have said yes because she believes in herself and it's not cockiness, it's just being unapologetically her. And she ended it by saying, like, if you work hard, you should never feel bad about telling someone that you are the best because you've earned it, you've worked for it. She thanked Sasha Banks for pushing her so hard, uh, mentioned that she left her a little something to remember her by, talking about the mark on her ribs from when she whipped her with her hair. And then, yeah, basically just ended it by saying, like, for all the little girls that saw themselves when they looked at me, like, this is for you. We're just getting started making history. And it was just really nice, a nice little championship celebration. I think all of wrestling should always do this when you get big moments because it's just feel good and everybody wins out of it. It's just nice for Bianca. It's nice for us to be able to celebrate it with her. And it's just a nice moment. And I like nice things, okay? Um, and yeah, they all had a big hug in the ring. And then she basically just told Montez Ford that she, it's time to win the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Because in this house, we only wear gold. Uh, but yeah, this was all good. Really enjoyed it. And then backstage, we had Sasha Banks again. And she was really annoyed. And she kind of looked at the mark on her ribs. And then she was basically too angry to talk and just kind of stormed off. Uh, now, there are reports that WWE is very high on Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks right now, and that it's priority number one within WWE, uh, with Roman Reigns actually coming as a close second. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with this, if those words actually run true. Um, what they did at WrestleMania was absolutely fantastic. They blew everyone out of the water. They stole the show and proved why they should be in that position in the first place, both of them, and why that build towards it was just absolutely god-awful because you were just completely wasting two incredible talents. Um, so hopefully now there is some big plans for them going forwards. And the initial plan was for Sasha to sort of have that, pro paper, that promo, sorry, where she just kind of storms off being too angry and then confronts Bianca later on in the show. But I think they left that out to wait for next week to give Bianca just her moment on her own. Um, which is nice as well. And then also, to throw in a little bit of a spanner into these works, we had uh, Bailey backstage with Kayla Braxton at straight after this. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Just saying like, huh, what about that Sasha Banks, eh? She's so angry she can't even put a sentence together. And even though like Bailey was so busy at WrestleMania on both nights just trying to save the show, and then Bianca Belair went out there in the main event and was crying before the match, even before the match. And like she said, the real reason for the crying was because she thought that she couldn't win. And is that the kind of champion that you want? Absolutely not. Uh, and now it's time for the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion of all time to challenge Bianca and take her title. So we've thrown Bailey into this mix as well. This is the last we hear from this on this episode. So if the rumors are right and we've got big plans for Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair going forwards, and now you're putting Bailey into this situation as well, I will be very interested to see where this goes. I could see a triple threat in there. We've got Bailey versus Bianca, a rematch of Bianca versus Sasha. There's a few iterations of this that I would be very interested in seeing. And with Bailey back involved in a main event scene, two fantastic heels to go up against the like one true baby face. Uh, I, I love this. Absolutely fantastic. I am ready for more of this and I'm ready to see the matches that they pull out uh, over the summer. Good stuff. So, yeah, next up it was that match. The Dirty Dogs versus the Street Profits for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Street Profits finally getting that rematch that they've kind of been building to or teasing for months now with the Dirty Dogs like on commentary and stuff with their solo cups all the time. And yeah, this has been a long time coming and they just kind of randomly throw it out there on an episode of SmackDown. Okay, um, whatever. That's just what WWE does with tag teams. I really shouldn't be surprised at this point. Um, but the match itself, obviously really good fun because it's Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs and they're just they're good wrestlers. <laughs> there was a great hot tag early on from Dawkins that he just went absolutely nuts on. He hit a huge shoulder tackle on Rude and just knocked him flying. It was brilliant. And then the Dirty Dogs got control again. And then uh, Montez Ford, he ended up with the final hot tag, like went wild, hit a standing moonsault. And the sort of all the build towards the finish was really, really good. Um, 
he hit a huge dive to the outside, but kind of mid-dive, Dawkins sort of tagged him out of mid-air just before he left the ring to become the legal man. So Dawkins managed to hit a big spine buster on Rude, and then he tags in Montez again, and he goes for the frog splash, hits that, almost gets the one, two, three, but Ziggler breaks it up, and then they sort of fight a bit, get thrown to the outside, and Ziggler has a really good sneaky blind tag um, from behind. Uh, and yeah, runs in on Dawkins, on Montez Ford, sorry, hits the zigzag from behind, had no idea who the legal man was. One, two, three, the Dirty Dogs get the win. The Michael Cole tried to make it out that they were a sneaky victory and it was a bit sly, but no, well, it was just really good tag team wrestling. That's just what you do. Um, and then after the match, for some reason, Pat McAfee decided to stand up not explain why and was just shouting about how this should be the main event of a pay-per-view and we're absolutely lucky to see it. Um, so this seems to be the Pat McAfee way on commentary. He's in the matches more for all the heels, but he's just really excited to be there and really excited for wrestling and kind of puts it over as a fan on commentary, which is an interesting dynamic within the WWE because you don't really see that. Um, You've not really seen someone get lost in themselves on commentary since sort of Mauro Ranallo, and we know how that went in WWE's minds. Uh, and like before that, I guess like Jim Ross used to sort of really lose himself, but only ever in big moments. This was a lot more over the top and a lot more consistent um, throughout the show. So it's great that he's putting over these matches, great that he's putting over the um, what we're seeing in ring, putting over the superstars. But he might just need to tone it down a little bit because uh, it could end up being a little bit too much of a good thing. Uh, but yeah, like I say, he's very new to this. This is going to be really hard, uh, so give him time to settle in. So next we had the most impressive footage in WrestleMania history. Again, the same UFO spot. The Yeah, again, again. And then we had Caleb Baxton backstage with Cesaro. And Cesaro just says... Like, Heyman's right, I do have a slack jaw, I do have buck teeth, and blah, 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 but I'm, he's wrong about one thing. He does belong in the ring, and he's going to prove it by beating Jey Uso tonight. Easy stuff, fine. Still don't know where they're getting this slack jawed buck teeth thing from. Like maybe I'm just missing something here. Uh, but yeah, then we cut straight away to Roman Reigns backstage, and he's just really, really annoyed at him, and in a complete state of disbelief about how this man could be possibly be stepping up to Roman Reigns. Um, he's just selling it so well. Roman Reigns, this absolute douchebag of a heel. Love him. So good. Um, and then we had Natalia versus Shane and Baszler. And now we were back to business as usual in the women's tag team division of just don't really know what to do. Let's put them either in a tag match or one of the people in the tag in a singles match and give them two minutes, if that, on TV with a crappy finish and move on with our lives. This is bad. WWE really needs to stop doing this because it doesn't work. It hasn't worked for months that they've been trying to do stuff like this. Nobody gets over. And it, it, like they finish as well. Like um, Nia Jax was on the apron. Shayna Baszler was kind of going for the Kirafuda clutch on Natalia, but she, Natalia managed to get out of it, pushes Shayna Baszler out of the way, almost pushes her into Nia Jax, who was on the apron. So she tries to stop herself with that little bit of a distraction. Natalia gets the roll up and gets the one, two, three. Of course, because that's just classic. Yeah, afterwards, Nia Jax came in to kind of try and attack them, I guess, and Tamina just ran in and kicked her in the face. 
it was pointless. All of this was absolutely pointless. If you were going to continue this feud, why didn't you just have Natalia and Tamina win at WrestleMania where it might have actually meant something? Why? Like, ugh, it's just bad. Why continue doing the same thing that you've been doing for absolutely months that everybody says they hate? I don't know anyone who actually likes these matches. And it's not Natalia's fault. It's not Shayna Baszler's fault. It's not any of the women's fault. It's the position that they're put in. Nobody can win in this when you put out there for two minutes with a crap finish that gets nobody over. Then funnily enough, nobody gets over. Uh, bad. Yeah, they need to stop doing this. It's just pointless. Absolutely pointless. But speaking of pointless, we got the most impressive WrestleMania footage in history again. I think that's five or six times they showed this and Michael Cole sold it every single time as the most impressive thing to happen in WrestleMania history. Is this some kind of weird backstage rib on Cesaro that we're not quite getting? Or I, I don't know what this is. Whatever it is, it's bad. They shouldn't do it. It's not getting over Cesaro. It's making him look like an absolute idiot. I, 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 uh, I don't understand. Don't get it. Bad. Stop it. Um, and also, I will say this right now while I've got this topic on my head, because I think this is the last time they say the most impressive footage of WrestleMania history. He didn't even go for that move in the match at the end of this. After the end of five little vignettes hyping up how incredible this spot was at WrestleMania with um, Cesaro spinning Seth Rollins round with no hands. He didn't even go for it once in the match. Like he didn't, JSA didn't even like reverse out of it. Absolutely nothing. Didn't even go for it. So what, what the hell were we building to here? I don't understand it. It's just so weird. Give the women more TV time and get rid of all of this bollocks. It just uh, makes no sense. Anyway, we had a quick backstage promo with Jey Uso before the match, and he's just mental. He's great. I love him. I love Scrappy-Doo completely off his head. Uh, Jey Uso. He's like, oh, Cesaro, you're a one-hit move. You're king of swing. Oh, you can do an airplane spin with no hands, but can you do that with no teeth? Well, probably, because he doesn't use his teeth to hold on to him when he does it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he's going to go get him, is, is the point of all this. I, I love these promos from Jey Uso. He's just so unhinged, I guess is the right word. And it fits into what his position is within the Roman Reigns family. It works so well. I really enjoy it. Uh, but the main event was, of course, Cesaro versus main event Jey Uso. Once again, in the main event. Oh, well, no, I guess Jey Uso kind of won this one. Um, we'll get there. He, yeah, straight away, he, Jey Uso kind of goes after Cesaro's arm, not his teeth, actually, because he figured out, I guess, after the promo, maybe Heyman told him that he doesn't actually use his teeth in the match. Um, so maybe go after the arm instead. It's probably a little bit more useful. So he goes after the arm, and then it's just really good fun. Of course, Cesaro and Jey Uso, really good together. There's a bit where Cesaro sort of drop kicks in whilst Jey Uso stood on the top rope, which is never not impressive, and then hits like a gut wrench suplex off the top rope. And then like Jey Uso is kind of going for his art for Cesaro's arm again, like tries to drag it down, but as he's doing it, he just kind of cartwheels out of it and then runs that into a corkscrew uppercut, after a springboard corkscrew uppercut. It's so good stuff. Anyway, it builds up anyway to Cesaro um, getting the big swing, of course. And then in comes Seth Rollins to attack Cesaro, get the DQ. Uh, he's wearing a suit, of course, that's just kind of got smoke all over it. It's like a black suit with like white wispy smoke. Um, and then he kind of like hits him from behind, 
attacks him a bit and then runs off up the ramp, just shouting towards Cesaro, like just screaming, like, you got lucky, this isn't over. I am the end all be all of this end industry and the sooner you figure that out, the better. And that's how we go off air with SmackDown. So I don't like the finish because it's just another DQ finish that they do all the time. Like, why couldn't someone have won that match and then he attacks afterwards? I don't think you're really uh, protecting Jey Uso by having him win like this. And I don't think it would have hurt him for Cesaro, of all people, the man that's supposed to be going up against Roman Reigns possibly next, uh, to beat Jey Uso on TV. I don't think that would have hurt anyone. Um, and you know, kind of wait 10 minutes and then you get this and it's like a really good match and you just kind of want that finish and it just kind of leaves you with a little bit of sour taste in your mouth at the end of it all. But it looks like, are we elevating Seth Rollins, the Seth Rollins-Cesaro feud into the main event to pitch them both up against Roman Reigns? He said at the beginning of the show, they'll probably never put me in a triple threat match again because of what I did. Does that mean that they're foreshadowing him being in a triple threat match again, but except it's going to be Seth Rollins and Cesaro? Or is Cesaro going to have to go through Seth Rollins at another pay-per-view before he can get to Roman Reigns? In which case, what does Roman Reigns do in that time? Uh, the end line from Seth Rollins, the I am the uh, be-all, end-all of this industry, and the sooner you figure out that, the better. I think Roman Reigns might have something to say about that, Seth, because uh, I think he kind of disagrees with you on that point. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what they follow up with. So there's a lot of options coming out of this uh, that is really quite interesting, and I'm not entirely sure where they're going to go. So I'm okay with them extending this feud, um, because, I mean, Seth did a great job of putting over Cesaro at WrestleMania. It just feels like it could have been a little bit cleaner if and a little bit more of an elevation for Cesaro if Seth wasn't involved in this. I feel like that I know it's bad because Seth's a future former world champion and he's definitely a main eventer in his own right. But in my mind, bringing Seth into this sort of knocks down Cesaro's position on the card of just being the guy going up against Roman, Roman Reigns. And hopefully we'll still get that at some point, whether they do go into this triple threat match or not. I'm not entirely sure. But whatever it is, I'm interested to see. Uh, and I will definitely be watching next week and SmackDown kicked Raw's ass in terms of the show after WrestleMania because goddamn Raw was an absolute shambles. It was bad. And this was a really good show. Um, so yeah, obviously we're not going to be getting Billy Kay because they've released her for God knows what reasons. Um, so that's that out of the question. Now I've just made myself sad thinking about that. Why did I think about that? We also didn't see Daniel Bryan or Edge on this show, which I think is a good call selling sort of what happened to them at WrestleMania. Um, and so, yeah, they're definitely going to have something to say about this. I kind of hope they go into just an Edge versus Daniel Bryan feud after that, because that would be incredible. So, yeah, a lot of questions coming out of SmackDown, which is a good thing, let's not forget, because that's the kind of stuff that keeps you watching week after week and brings you back next week. So I enjoyed it as a show all around, apart from the SmackDown, the women's tag team stuff. Women's tag team stuff, lowest of the low, it's just bad. Like, let's do something with it. Why didn't they just put the belts on Natalia and Tamina at WrestleMania and have that as a little bit of a refresh for this? They need to rethink what they do with them on the shows. Like, this tiny little matches where nobody gets over and nobody gets time to show what they can do isn't helping anybody. And they've been doing it for way too long now. 
to not realize that this does not work. And the SmackDown tag team division, as we say every week, it's always the tag team stuff that needs work, uh, just has a, lacks a little bit of focus. They put the four-way on before WrestleMania. Now they've put this Street Profits match that they've kind of been sideways building to for a really, really long time, like three months or something. And they just throw that away on a, a tiny, on a little SmackDown show. Well, it's not a little show, it's the one after WrestleMania, but you know what I mean. Um, the Otis and Ray stuff, like they're still pointing at the belts, like they've still got belts in mind. So it just feels like we're kind of treading water in the tag division of just doing these four teams, always going at it. Uh, so yeah, they need a mix up in all of the tag team divisions, but especially the women's, it is bad. But hope, like big upside for Bianca Belair and the future of what this might be with Sasha and Bailey. Big upside in the main event, obviously, with Roman Reigns and now putting Cesaro into the position that we all know he can absolutely thrive in and giving him a chance, uh, which is the biggest thing in all of this. And then big questions, like I say, about what's going to happen with Edge and Roman Reigns and hopefully a bright spark in the mid-card with um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Still need to see what happens with the IC title coming forwards, whether that's Big E stuff done, maybe leave Big E off TV for a couple of weeks and elevate him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's it's positives coming out with a bunch of questions that makes you want to tune in next week. And that's what it's all about. Uh, so that's it. That's the Smackdown Review Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry I've been on my own. Um, I will do, uh, well, Gareth will be back next week. So we'll be back to business than usual. I did try to get Simon Miller on, but he was busy, unfortunately. So yeah, I hope it wasn't too terrible for you all uh if you want you can follow me on twitter though you can follow me at fill my chambers and you can follow all of us at what culture wwe head on over to youtube.com forward slash kayfabe news for all of your satirical news um content and yeah subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast from please do leave us a five-star review as well it really really helps and it also puts a smile on adam Wilborn's face so you may as well do that too because it's nice to be nice and yeah have yourselves a bloody good day 